Good morning. It is a great morning to be here and to see you all here and to celebrate and to worship. Um, this morning I'm going to talk about uh, how important sight is. Um, we uh, rely on all of our senses, but um, unless you've ever been in a position where you can't see, it's hard to explain the darkness that you experience. Um, I've been blessed with pretty good vision, but I about messed that up a few years ago. When I was a child, pretty young, and uh, I got a witness to this, so uh, my mom is here. She was actually there that day. But uh, I grew up with an older brother. He was two and a half, three years older than me. And there's some advantages to growing up with an older brother. You get to do some things at an earlier age than, than other people that you, you know. So... One day, we, uh, it was in the summer, I don't know why we had firecrackers and matches, but we did, and we were with uh, this boy that was about my brother's age that lived up the road. First time I met him, he was carrying a snake, and he offered it to my mama. Uh, he was cool. He really, really was. So, so I got to hang out with him and my brother. We had matches and we had firecrackers. And we shot firecrackers all day until they ran out. And then something bad happened. We ran out of firecrackers, but we had matches left. It's not good for, I don't know how old I was. Uh, probably too young to be playing with matches, I know. And I didn't know what to do with these matches. And the only thing I know was there's a wrecked car that sat behind our house that had been there for years. So I go down to that car and I get my brothers and, and their friends' attention and I act like I'm going to throw a match in the gas tank. And they're like, do it. <laughs> they were encouragers. Uh, they said, just do it. And, and the car was sitting there. It had been sitting there for years. I don't know how long. So I struck a match, and I acted like I was going to do it, and I didn't. They said, just go ahead and do it. So I struck another match, and of course it's the car, it's a 55 Chevrolet, I think, is what it was. So the, I, I had it, and I'm, I'm about to throw the match in, and I'm like, I'm going to throw it in, I'm going to run. So I did. Hey, I deal with kids every day. <laughs> it's kind of scary. <laughs> Y'all might lose some respect. But I threw that match in the gas tank, and I ran. And you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. I thought, hmm, I'm going to go look. <laughs> so I did. I went and I looked in the gas tank. And you know what I saw? I saw a match floating on some liquid. It's just floating. I'm like, so I signaled back and I said, hey, the match is floating on top. They're like, look again. So I, I did. 
You know what happened? Nothing. Still nothing. I said, it's still floating. They're like, look one more time. So I looked one more time. About the time I got my eye there, I saw this flash of light. And I heard a loud noise. And I went backwards. And that's all I remember. Until I got up and I couldn't see. And I screamed, I can't see, I can't see. My, so my brother comes down now to help me. I said, I can't see. I said, I cannot see a thing. And he looks at me. And my hair is singed, my eyebrows are singed. And I can't see anything. And we're walking up to the house. And he looks at me and says, open your eyes. So I did, and when I opened my eyes, I could actually see. But I had clo- the the good Lord gives us this reflex when we do something stupid like that. He closes our eyes, thank God. But the only thing is, unless you've had your eyelids burnt, it hurts, and you don't want to open them. So I'm trying to so I opened them just to see I could see, and I closed them right back. I said it hurts. So. For just a moment, I really thought I'd lost my eyesight. Again, I was afraid to open my eyes. I didn't know what I was going to see. I didn't know if I could see. I didn't know my eyes were closed, actually. I just had them where they were comfortable, where they weren't burning. So that only thing, again, the only specifics I remember is the match was floating. And then I remember the last time I looked at it, just seeing a big, bright light and a loud noise. And if you can imagine that, as I read this scripture and deliver this message, it may help you, it may help you uh, with the illustration a little bit. But I'm going to read this morning from Acts chapter 22, and I'm going to read verses 6 through 16. While I was on my way and approaching Damascus, about noon a great light from heaven suddenly shone about me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I answered, Who are you, Lord? Then he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, who you are persecuting. Now those who were with me saw the light, but did not hear the voice of the one who had been speaking to me. I ask, what am I to do, Lord? The Lord said to me, get up and go to Damascus. There you will be told everything that has been assigned to you to do. Since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, those who were with me took me by hand and led me to Damascus. A certain Ananias, who was a devout man according to the law and well spoken of by all the Jews living there, came to me, and standing beside me, he said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. In that very hour, I regained my sight and saw him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will, to see the, righteousness, the righteous one, and to hear his own voice. 
for you will be his witness to all the world of what you have seen and heard. And now, why do you delay? Get up, be baptized, and have your sins washed away, calling on his name. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Awesome God, again, just thank you so much for, uh, for sending your Son, Lord, for forgiveness of our sins, Lord. Just thank you so much for, for Saul. Thank you for that conversion. Lord, I just pray that uh, as we study this passage, as we study this scripture, Lord, that uh, your words flow through me and everyone here or listening at home receives the message you intend for them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, again, today we're going to talk about Saul and his con conversion. Um, I want to back up and just give a little bit of history. If we'd gone um, to the first couple of verses of chapter 22, Saul tells who he is. He said he's Saul of Tarsus and what he was going to Damascus to do, which was to persecute Christians. That's why he was going. Okay, Saul, being um, a devout Jew, a very religious man, thought he was going to carry out the mission of God. He truly believed it. Saul was unique in the fact that he was Jewish. His mother was Jewish, so he was a Jew, but his father was Roman, so he was also a citizen of Rome. So he had clout both politically and religiously. All right, so that's the character that we're dealing with in this passage and who we deal with pretty much for all of our Christian faith because after his conversion, he wrote most of the New Testament of the Bible. So on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians, it also says how he did it earlier on. It says that he would blind them and torture them and sometimes kill them. Okay? I find it pretty unique that to get his attention that God chose to blind him because he used that on Christians that he was persecuting. But again, he was a religious person. He was trying, in persecuting Christians, he was not just doing it to be mean and evil. He was really thinking that he was doing it to stop a movement that was against God. He thought that he was doing it to stop the folks who had put, in, put their faith in Jesus as the Messiah. That was his intentions on persecuting Christians. That's why he was going. That's why he was traveling the road of Damascus, was to persecute more Christians. And then God got his attention. God got his attention. Again, he's going on his way to Damascus. He thinks he's doing right. You ever thought about somebody that thought they were doing right and they were totally evil or opposite? That's kind of what Saul was. He thought he was doing right, but he was not. He was actually killing the people who had put their faith in the Messiah. So the light shone from heaven, and then the voice spoke, and he said, Saul, Saul. 
And then he identified himself in, as Jesus. Acts 26 also gives an account of this um, story of Paul's conversion. And if you look at verses 16 through 18, it says, But get up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you to serve and testify the things in which you have seen in me, those that I will appear to. I will rescue you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sin and place among them and become sanctified by faith in me. Again, Saul was on his way to Damascus. He was being led after, after he saw the light he was being led because he couldn't see. And for three days he fasted. For three days he fasted and waited because the Lord had told him that he was going to get instruction there. And then the Lord sends Ananias. He sends Ananias. He appeared to Ananias in a vision and tells him to go see Saul. Ananias was a devout, very religious man, too, who believed Jesus was the Messiah. And if you've never been called to do anything that you really didn't want to do or was afraid to do, think, put yourself in Ananias' place. Paul is on his way to persecute and kill people like Ananias. Ananias knows who Paul is. He knows that he's on his way to persecute and kill Christians. And all of a sudden, God appears to him and says, Hey, go. God appears to Ananias and says, Hey, go talk to Saul. Can you imagine what Ananias thought? No way, man. I can't do that. That guy wants to kill me. But he didn't say that. He trusted in the Lord. In verses 12 and 13, it says, A man named Ananias lived in Damascus. He was a devout person who followed Moses' teaching. All the Jews living in Damascus spoke highly of him. He came to me, stood beside me, and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that moment, my sight came back, and I could see Ananias. So God sends Ananias, someone who believes in him as the Messiah, to restore sight to someone who was coming to kill him and people like him. I'm glad Ananias is much braver than I. Much more faithful than I because I don't know that I could have done that task. So then... Ananias tells Saul what he's supposed to do. He says, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will, to see the righteous one and to hear his own voice. So now you're going to go and be a witness to the world what you've seen and heard. Ananias goes on to tell him to be baptized and call upon the name of the Lord. I think up until this point, 
Saul still had a choice. Even though Jesus had appeared to him, he still had a choice. But he chose to put his faith at that moment in Jesus. He chose to call on the name of Jesus. And after he did, he broke his fast, and he spends a few more days with believers. You see, this is a powerful testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What other reasonable explanation can we have for this conversion, for this Ananias being so faithful, and for Saul to turn completely around and stop persecuting Christians and become a Christian and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to all parts of the world? A powerful testimony. You see, Saul was saved. He was saved when he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. He received his sight and salvation when he accepted Christ. You see, in Damascus, Ananias told him to wash away your sins and call on the name of the Lord. To have your sins washed away and call on the name of the Lord. You see, by that statement, we learn the way Saul was saved was by putting his faith in Christ. Not by anything he could do on his own. Even though he was a powerful man politically and religiously in that day, he couldn't do it on his own, but he put his total faith in his salvation in Jesus Christ. You see, he was saved when his sins was washed away by accepting Jesus. It was in Damascus that he accepted Christ's saving, saving grace. And after quoting Joel, who wrote of calling upon his name and be saved, Peter told the crowd at Pentecost to be baptized. You see, Ananias told Saul to be baptized and call upon the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you being baptized is an important thing that you do as a Christian. But calling on the name of Jesus and accepting Him as your Lord and Savior is how we gain our salvation. When we accept the grace of Jesus Christ and enter in that personal relationship with Him. You see, we ask Christ to forgive us of our sins and He washes away our sins. When we're baptized... It's us making that commitment publicly that we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It shows that our sins have been washed away because of what Jesus has done for us. Not because of anything that we can do. And we should be saying to people, just as Ananias did, to anyone who has yet to accept Christ as their Savior, we should say the words of Ananias. We should say, now, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. To be saved, we have to put all our faith in Jesus Christ. And once we do will have the boldness to go tell other people about His saving grace. Once you see that light, 
once you see the Lord, once you hear His voice, once you call upon His name, and once you accept His saving grace, you're not the same anymore. Saul was not the same. He was not the same man who was going to persecute Christians. He got detoured. He went to the same location, but his purpose changed. Instead of going to persecute more Christians, he was called to go all over the world and make new Christians, to tell them about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Saul, by no means, was a perfect man. He did evil, terrible things. But God chose to call him to deliver the message of that saving grace. He can call you too. He can call me as well because it's not based on our circumstances. It's not based on our power. It's based on his. And I want to close this morning with a few questions. Have you seen the light? Have you seen the Lord? Have you heard His voice? Have you called on the name of the Lord? Have you accepted His saving grace? I pray that you can answer yes to each of those, but if you can't, it's not too late. It's not too late to put your trust in Jesus Christ. You may be on a path that's towards destruction. It's not too late for God to turn you around. If he can send Ananias to Saul, and Saul can open his eyes and turn a total new direction and spread the name of Jesus Christ instead of killing followers of Jesus Christ, he can do some miraculous things in your life too. If you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, and you may have gotten off of uh, the purpose that God has on your life, it's not too late to get back on track. I just pray that this morning that something you've seen, something you've heard, rekindles a fire and sparks a light, and you can hear the voice of the Lord again. And you'll call on his name and go and tell others about him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, just thank you so much for, for your saving grace. Lord, thank you for using imperfect people to carry out your perfect plan, your perfect mission. Lord, I just pray for each person here, each person that may be listening online, Lord, I just pray that um, if they haven't accepted your amazing grace, that, Lord, they come in that relationship with you this morning. Lord, again, just thank you so much for this wonderful church and this wonderful community. In Jesus' name, amen.